Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Let's talk about Joe Biden's speech last night. I watched it. I actually watched it twice. And with uh, with many things, Joe Biden, um, I was I was uh, pleasantly surprised that it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought it was going to be I thought it was going to be pretty bad. I didn't know how, like, I, I, like, is he going to take us into war? Is he going to, uh, like, abandon Israel? Is he going to, you know, send a whole bunch of money to the Palestinians? No, oh, yeah, well, he did that last part. So, like I said, I would, like, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And then, of course, I start questioning myself, like, ugh, what does that mean? How bad are things if I'm just rooting for no major screw ups, you know, because that's I was afraid he was going to he was going to get like Mitch McConnell or something. He was going to just start slurring. He didn't. I mean, he slurred. Don't get me wrong. He was he does that thing and he does the the wiping of the spit away from his lips and stuff in a real slow and deliberate manner. And I also thought like you could see. Well, it doesn't matter. Not going to say it. so. It wasn't as bad as I thought it could be, but the bar is pretty low for me. So um, Mark Antonio Wright over at National Review, he says the headlines in the papers are going to praise Joe Biden's speech for his rhetoric calling for America to be a beacon to the world. Biden's going to be praised for saying that he stands by Israel and for linking the Israeli struggle against Hamas's barbarism to the Ukrainian fight against Russian aggression in Eastern Europe. And to be clear, right, the Russians have also engaged in barbarism. Like, I think there are a lot of people who don't understand like the Russian mindset on on war. But anyway, um, he'll be credited for finally naming Iran as the region's foremost malignant actor, both for uh, Tehran's support for Russia in its invasion of Ukraine and for its patronage of jihadist groups like Hamas and Hezbollah in their war against Israel. Biden will also be hailed for his decision to submit an urgent budget request because, you know, that's how you solve problems if you're a Democrat. You just throw a bunch of money at it. $100 billion. I think it's like actually 105 or something. Yeah, apparently inflation hit it on the way over from the pres- from the White House over to the Congress. It's like it was 100 billion last night and by the time it landed across the street it's 105 billion. So anyway, um they want to fund uh, America's national security needs and lend material American support to both Jerusalem and Kiev. Now, Mark Antonio Wright at National Review says that he's not mocking any of this. It's, he says, good that a president of the United States should say this out loud because it all needs to be said. But what Biden should be criticized for is the speed and the scale of America's rearmament. All right, so 
he gives and then he goes through and he talks about like how he agrees with Biden on these certain points. But and and he's talking about, you know, funding the Ukrainians. I think there's uh, there was supposed to be money in there for uh for Taiwan as well, just, you know, get China, mix it in with China a little bit, because, you know, what could go wrong? Um, the the speech was marred by Biden's condescending lecture to Israel that it operate by the laws of war. Now, why did he say that? I know why he said it. I'm sure Antonio Mark Antonio Wright knows why he said it. He has to. He has to say that. Because he cannot be perceived by his Democratic base as being too far in the tank for Israel. He, he's already now getting attacked by Ilan Omar and Rashid Tlaib for being pro-Israel. But the thing is, like that's our ally. That, that's our ally. Why are you lecturing our ally to operate by the laws of war. Wright calls it an outrageous statement directed at an ally and the only true democracy in the Middle East. Does the U.S. publicly scold our allies in Kiev, right, to remain a civilized people in their struggle against Russia? If Taiwan gets attacked by the commies, would Joe Biden lecture Taipei to resist Beijing's aggression but to be careful not to harm any civilians? Of course not. Like, here you go. This was a guy on Twitter. His name is uh, Fraser. I, I mean, I don't know if it's his real name. English-born writer of film history, business how-to, local government journalism, and historical fantasy. I love to cook, love to read, learning to juggle. All right, too much information. But, okay, this guy, he comes into my Twitter feed last night uh, because I had said to do, 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 do the uh, when I oh, he was responding to the interview I did with the Speaker of the House, Tim Moore, when they ran the resolution in support of Israel. And he says, oh, because only Israel is allowed to use violence because Palestinians don't get justice. I mean, first off, what an absurd thing to say. Only Israel is allowed to use violence. I think it's pretty clear that Hamas uses violence too. Show of hands, anybody anybody aware of any Hamas violence? Just like within the last two weeks? Anybody? Okay, yeah, right. And so guess what? You F'd A, and now you're going to F-O. That's how that works. You picked a fight, now you got one, you don't get to cry about being in a fight. You wanted the fight. You don't do what you did. And then cry mercy and, and, and run to the U.N. and run to the world stage and say, oh, everybody, you have to help us. Oh, those evil Israelis. Did, did, did you know did you know what you were doing? Like when you did it and you were like beheading the babies and the children and. And shooting everybody, gunning them down and raping people and all that, like. Burning people alive Did did. Did you did you know you're doing that? I mean, I know you I found out today a whole bunch of your guys got all hopped up on on amphetamines, captagon. You drugged them all up and sent them in there to slaughter. So I said it's pretty clear Hamas uses violence and now they're going to get violence in return. 
They don't get to rape and torture and decapitate, abduct, and murder without repercussions. It's pretty clear. Like, you don't get to act as if you are outside civilized society and then run to civilized society for its protection against the backlash. And that's what you're getting is the backlash. And this is the thing about all war, you know? It, if you're fighting people, like, you're, you're fighting people that don't care anymore about any of these uh, these limitations that in the past they went along with. I was listening uh, on the way into the studio today, and uh, uh, Vince Coakley was reading from, I forget who, uh, it may have been um, Joel Pollack, I think it was Joel Pollack, who talked about how you know, Israel has has borne the brunt of these types of attacks and responded with, you know, highly targeted as best you can, you know, when you're trying to take out uh, terrorist leaders in dense urban areas that are protected by, you know, U.N. mandates and such and resolutions. But they've done like they they withheld. I'd forgotten this, too. They had they withheld their fire. They took rocket attacks when Iraq was trying to get Israel into the war. And we asked Israel, don't. And they didn't. Remember that? They just they just took it. They're not taking it anymore. They're done. And so this guy comes back and says, well, we beat the Nazis in World War II without setting up death camps in return. The solution to war crimes is never commit crimes back. Okay. I don't know who the guy is, but he claims to be British. Um, and he claims to be somewhat of a historian, although it's fantasy history, so I'm not really sure what that is. But, um, dude, Dresden. Or how about this? Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Spare me, historian. How do you not know this? It's awful. It's terrible. Civilians die in war. Absolutely. That's why you want to avoid it. But when you pick a fight, when you pick a war... You don't get to cry when you find yourself in a war. Alrighty, so there's a post here. The Palestinian Authority. That's so in in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip, which is on the on the coast, 140 mile area, right there on the beach. You got like oceanfront property. They've got oceanfront property. Anyway, um, which if you're gonna be in an open air prison, it's on the beach, at least, right? So um, you've, so you got that going for you, but the, uh, that's the Gaza Strip and that's run by Hamas and Hamas kicked out the Palestinian authority, the Palestinian authority. They're over in the West bank, which is actually on the East side of Israel, which is weird. Like Gaza's on the West side. The West bank is on the East side. They call it the West bank because it's on the West bank of the Jordan river, which separates Israel from Jordan. So it's still called the West bank. It shouldn't be called the West Bank. I agree with Ben Shapiro on this. It should be uh, Judea and Samaria because, like, that's the area, right? Those are the areas where the West Bank now is. So anyway, but everybody knows it as the West Bank, even though it's on the east side of Israel. But that's where the Palestinian Authority is. And the Palestinian Authority has now declared war on Israel. An official document of the Palestinian Authority calls for incitement to murder Jews in the sermons that will take place in the mosques uh, today, because today is Friday. This is their holy day. So they go to the mosques, uh, they get their uh, two hours of hate, and uh, then they 
Expo. Okay, that's a reference to Orwell, the two-minute hate, you know, where the people go and they just yell at the... What was the... Who was the villain's name on the screen? 1984. Oh, that's right. Goldstein. Yeah. They would yell at Goldstein because he was to blame for everything. He was the enemy. Anyway, so they go to the mosques. They get their... uh, They get the prayer on, you know. And um, and then they pour out into the streets and they burn flags, which, by the way, not for nothing. That's the most I think that's the most lucrative gig. Right. I mean, well, obviously, aside from selling the uh, the amphetamine pills uh, to all of the Arab world, I guess the Captagon pills. So you can go do jihadi work. Uh, aside from that, um, it seems like being a flag salesman on the streets of the West Bank or really any any large uh, Arab uh, uh, city. If you're selling flags, you could sell, I mean, think about it, obviously, you sell your own flag and you sell the Palestinian flags, but you also, you, you bust out the secret stash of the American and Israeli flags. You bust those out, you bust those out on Fridays so people have something to burn, right? And that is such a money-making proposition. I don't know. What, I mean, I'm sure somebody has thought of it. So uh, they're going to go and they're going to do the prayer in, and then they're going to go and uh, they're going to uh, day of rage it. You know, they're going to have a day of rage. Uh, in other words, a day that ends in Y, and um, they're going to you know blame the Jews and Goldstein for everything. And by the way, this is the uh, Palestinian Authority that has uh, declared the war, and um, this is the entity that we are supposed to work with in order to get the second state, in order to get a Palestine country, right, to get the Palestinians a state, these are the moderates. These are the, right, they're calling for the genocide of all the Jews, and these are the ones that Joe Biden has been telling us we need to work with in order to to get a deal, a peace deal, yeah. Okay. Also, Biden in his speech last night, de-emphasizes the American hostage situation. We got like two dozen of our citizens that are kidnapped, being held by Hamas, and there was barely a mention of it. There was also barely a mention of Iran, although I understand that. I completely understand that. Because if you, if you, if you focus on Iran, then, and the role that it played then it, it sort of, kind of, just a little bit, like, obliterates the Obama-Biden foreign policy approach, right? Yeah, because that means you were wrong in giving them all the money. Oh, speaking of which, uh, Joe wants to give $100 million to the Palestinians for humanitarian purposes, and it will totally not go to Hamas, everybody. Totally. We can be assured. Would Joe lie to you? All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. 
There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. As you heard at the bottom of the hour newscast there, uh, two American hostages have now been, quote, released from Gaza, according to Fox News, who independently confirmed it. I don't know. Released? Escaped? I don't know. But two of them are, two of them are out, and the Red Cross has them. So that's good news. Uh, now release all the rest of them. All of the violence can stop pretty quickly if Hamas surrenders, surrenders everybody that was engaged and participated in the planning and the attack. All Hamas surrenders and all the hostages are released and they give up all of their weapons. That's what that's what you do to violent aggressors. You disarm them, you incarcerate them. Right, you get them away from innocent people. So, that's where we are. Um, oh, and uh, by the way, now they're doing it again. Uh, first, it was that hospital. Uh, then Hamas came out and tried to tell everybody that uh, the Israelis blew up a church. They actually blew up a military installation next to the church. Church is still standing. Didn't blow it up. A wall next to it got damaged. But again, we have media that runs with the Hamas propaganda. It's just really amazing. Um, The Biden administration acts like we don't have any kind of leverage over our supposed friends, the Saudis, the Qataris, the Turks, other governments that can speak to Hamas. Now, when I read that line in this piece at National Review by Mark Antonio Wright, I thought, well, maybe we don't. Maybe we don't remember everybody mocked Donald Trump when he was walking around with the Saudis and they were like doing the crazy, like they had swords and all that. Remember the big extravagant display when he was there and he got savaged by the uh, American press for it because, you know, Khashoggi. But then, of course, when Biden's doing fist bumps with the with, with the prince, it's OK. But maybe we don't have any any allies or friends Maybe we have no juice over there. Or maybe this president doesn't. I don't know. Um, And he says, why are we not playing hardball with Hamas directly? Why are we not targeting Hamas ourselves? If 32 Americans had been brutally murdered and then, you know, two dozen Americans kidnapped by, say, I don't know, Boko Haram in Chad or Nigeria. Do you think the U.S. government would be acting like it's acting right now? Would we not go get our people out? using military force if necessary. So why is it different with Hamas? Would we not try to eliminate the head of the the snake here? It's pretty amazing, actually, that the the leaders of Hamas that are all holed up in these, you know, uh, expensive digs in Dubai, it's uh, it, it is pretty amazing that they have not been whacked yet. I'm not calling for it. I'm just saying I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. That's all I'm saying. It's kind of the same thing, but it's not the same thing. Um, 
Greg in an email to Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. I'm starting to sound like a broken record here, but to everyone that is using this conflict in Israel to argue for the Palestinians or Hamas, you lose. When you torture children, behead babies, execute innocent families, you lose. You get nothing. No matter how justified you think your claim is, you lose. Make better choices, losers. But your claim on any Israeli land is now null. In the words of Willy Wonka, you lose, you get nothing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You either play by international law, you either abide by international law, in which case then you can make your case to get your land back and all of that, or you murder innocent people, in which case then you've chosen a different path, and Israel knows how to play that as well. They walk, they can walk that path with you as well. And this has been the pattern for the last few decades, which is we do something to Israel, right, Hamas or PLO, right, they murder a bunch of Jews, do some terrorism, Israel responds, they do a strike or two, and then everybody's like, whoa, 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 stop it, stop it, Israel. And then Israel backs away. Palestinians show their their footage of people, you know, running ridiculously fast and dragging the, quote, injured through the streets as if they're not actually injured. They're treating, anyway, the manhandling, there's a, it's a whole series. You should watch Pallywood. It's pretty amazing. Anyway, they, they that's the, that's the cycle. That's the pattern. They run this pattern all the time. So I suspect that's what they thought was going to happen. But then to quote Ilhan Omar, some people did some stuff and, uh, They did not expect the outrage. They did not expect the backlash. And maybe they didn't expect the brutality. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they thought the Israelis were going to be better and better defended and they would repel it. And then they could, it would just be a minimal incursion or something. I don't know. Yeah, the, the, the problem Hamas has now is that it was successful. Um... Pete, these rabbit animals must be destroyed. Is there any legitimate method to donate to the IDF? There actually is. Uh, People send supplies and stuff uh, to the Israeli uh, soldiers all the time. So you can do that. I don't know how, but I I know that you can do that. And you could also uh, make donations to the the Zaka, the Z-A-K-A. That's the search and rescue teams, and that's a uh, charity. So uh, you can do that. Um. Janet says, Pete, thank you for sharing the stories, no matter how difficult it is to hear. I seem to remember reading that the German soldiers were given cocaine as they were marching through Poland into Russia. Is that correct? That's interesting. Look, you know, what the assassins, the term assassin, where does that come from? Right. They would they would smoke a whole bunch of hashish in, in order to go murder people. So the use of, you know, drugs in order to dull the conscience so you can engage in these types of murderous acts. Uh, it's a, it has a very long history throughout, uh, throughout humanity. Uh, Joseph wants to know, is there any type of warning or guidance or way out for the Christians living in Palestine in how to stay safe? Um, no. 
they, they, they live under the rule of Hamas. And Hamas is telling them to stay where they are so they get killed. Maybe they have other sources of information, hopefully, and they can move to the areas uh, that Israel says, you know, they're not bombing, but or they're not going to go into. But it seems pretty clear. They told everybody to clear out of northern Gaza, and they were like, we can't get out in one day. That was, what, three days ago, four days ago? So they've had plenty of time to leave the northern area. I, yeah, I, I don't know what's coming, but I think it's going to be very, very bad for a lot of people. Innocent people, but for a lot of people. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? There, I have an update here, a statement from the Board of Deputies of, of British Jews. Okay, um, this is a statement from confirmed, oh, uh, a confirmation from the BBC that uh, it will no longer call Hamas militants. Instead, the BBC shall describe the group as a proscribed terrorist organization by the UK government and others or just Hamas. So, well, you know, um, that's good. I mean, we're making you know, baby steps. I don't know how many more Jewish people need to get slaughtered. Maybe we can actually start calling Hamas terrorists, but uh, baby steps, you know, here we are. Josh, welcome to the show. Hello, Josh. Hello, how's it going? Mr. Hey, all right. What's going on? I just wanted to make a quick comment, you know, about the anti-Semitic behavior of the left. It's very sickening, and, you know, and especially that speech last night, did nothing to comfort uh, anybody from the side of Israel or who stands with Israel. Um, anybody that supports the genocide, this is worse, in my opinion, than the Holocaust. And it, it's just downright sickening. Well, I don't think it—I mean— it- it's on a scale. I mean, it's a it's a pogrom. It is uh, it's an atrocity that we haven't seen since the Holocaust uh, against Jews. But the Holocaust killed six million of them. It would be like this, but six million instead of fourteen hundred. You know, it is the worst. Yeah, it's it's the worst slaughter of Jews since the Holocaust. And with, and with that being said, too, you know, if I hear "Free Palestine" one more time, I'm just going to lose. <laughs> oh yeah, well. Yeah, it's yeah, it because again, you're talking about an entire generation that has been steeped in this leftist Marxist idea, oppressed versus oppressor. And uh they and they just want to be able to virtue signal that they're for the oppressed, they're for the underdog. And it's the underdog principle is such a stupid principle, but of course that's why it's taught in uh, academia. Josh, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. All right, buddy. Have a great weekend. Um yeah, the underdog principle is simply if you're if you're the weaker of the two parties, then you're the the moral one, which is stupid, because you're you're not. 
Like when Jeffrey Dahmer gets surrounded by the cops, he is the weaker party. He's the underdog in that situation. Does that make him the ethical one, the moral one? His cause is just? No, it's stupid. It's just a dumb principle to make any kind of determination off of. Now, the president last night said he's going to, uh, he would very much like to support uh, Israel. Um, and a little bit towards Taiwan, too. Throw that in the mix, too. But also, you know, it's really about Ukraine. And so if you want to hook up Israel, you got to hook up Ukraine by way more. Like Israel, I think they get somewhere like $10 billion and Ukraine's getting like $60 billion or something. Which is, that I mean, like, that's kind of gross. Why? Why would you do that? Why would you put the fate of... Israeli defense and support, why would you put that in the same bill or in the same funding measure as the Ukrainian thing that obviously we've been funding for way longer and has gotten a lot more opposition? Why would you put those two together? Well, John Finer on CNN. John Finer is the deputy national security advisor. He's a former journalist and Yale grad. About that money that's going, so that's the $100 billion. Then there's another $100 million that's dedicated for the humanitarian relief that's going to go in through the Rafah crossing, which is from Egypt into the West Bank. And so uh, they've got $100 million they want to send there, which has raised the question of what happens if Hamas takes it? The president pledged $100 million in an aid package to Palestinian civilians, innocent civilians in Gaza and the West Bank. How is the United States going to ensure that none of that ends up in the hands of Hamas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, as you know, this was a primary focus of the president's diplomacy uh, yesterday, both uh, in Israel, uh, where he met uh, with the entire Israeli security establishment, but also uh, in his phone conversations with regional leaders, uh, including President al-Sisi of Egypt. Uh, getting assistance into Gaza is a complicated undertaking. It involves uh, essentially securing an understanding among uh, Hamas fighters uh, who control the checkpoints on the other side of the border, among uh, the government of Israel and among the government of Egypt. Uh, and the agreement the president uh, secured will enable these trucks to flow as soon as the roadway can be repaired. John. But the president was also quite clear that if this assistance goes in, it cannot be uh, misappropriated, cannot be taken uh, by Hamas fighters for their own purposes. And so we're going to be watching that very closely. It has to get to Palestinian civilians who need it. It has to. But the question is, from what you just said, is the U.S. then essentially in a position where it has to take the word of Hamas that it will not be taken? I mean, what other guarantee can there be? We believe there is an understanding now among all of the uh, players who control that crossing, the Rafa crossing in, in Egypt. Oh, oh, thank goodness. I thought <laughs> I thought there was like a possibility that Hamas would be, you know, running the checkpoint on their side of the border, taking all of the stuff and not giving it to the people. But we have an understanding. And surely Hamas would not lie about the blowing up of a hospital. I mean, the diversion of humanitarian aid. Right. They would definitely not lie about that. Hello, Ralph. What's going on, Ralph? Well, you know, it it all goes down to the Biden economics due to the uh, industry and the structure of his business. Ten percent always has to go to the big guy. So that's 600 million out of that. Yeah. No, that's true. 
I totally forgot about the 10% for the big guy. Maybe that's why it went from $100 billion to $105 billion just by, like, walking across the street, taking the thing across the street. It went up by $5 billion. Maybe that was for the big guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, maybe Hunter will throw in a couple, you know, self-portraits or something that he paints. I don't know, man. Now, see, that's a great... Now, hang on, Ralph. This is... You know me. I'm all about solutions. So, I think this is a fantastic idea. What we need to do is get Hunter Biden painting. Get him painting, paint up a storm. He needs to paint a whole bunch of these masterpieces, and then he needs to start uh, uh, dropping them over in Gaza. And then they can sell them for the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars that they are worth. So every Gazan should get a Hunter Biden original. Exactly. And and not even a print. I mean, no, no. original. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, the hundred million he's given a monster looks like we should get the hostages, you know. I would think so. I would think, but well, but then again, Iran got like one point two or three billion per hostage when we when we when we traded them to get back. So, uh, you know, Hamas has said, like, look, if, if that's what the going rate on uh, on American hostages is, and it seems to them like, well, we should at least be able to get something close to that. So maybe I don't know, a hundred million for twenty, that might be. That might be, you know, too low. They may demand more money. But Ralph, these are great ideas. I like the way you're thinking. I like that's that's sort of the uh, the outside the box thinking that we we like doing here. And we always say there are no bad ideas under the cone of creativity. All right, we're going to shift gears in the next hour. Going to take a look at some of the crime stats and some other uh, crime related stories. Well, I guess that's not really shifting gears at all. All right, we'll stick around anyway. 